Welcome. You're listening to Strength for the Hour, the radio outreach of Fruit of the Vine Ministries in Louisville, Ohio. We're passionate about strengthening you with deep truths from the Word of God and bringing hope to the world through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life. So may you experience new life from this message today by John Davison. Father, we want to see your Son glorified today, Lord. We want to see the name of Jesus Christ lifted up and highly honored, not only in your kingdom, Father, but in our own lives, in our own homes, and in our own hearts, Father. In this temple, we want to see your Son magnified and seated in our hearts. Amen. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew, chapter 13 and verse 52. Jesus makes this very compelling statement, and I think it's so important for us to really grasp this statement. He says this, Every teacher, every rabbi of the law, of the Torah, who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven, is like an owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old treasures. In other words, what he's saying here is is that people who understand Both the original scriptures, the scriptures that Jesus read, which would be your Old Testament, and those that understand that Jesus is the Messiah are bringing up new treasures as well as old treasures. And the two come together to make Jew and Gentile one in Messiah, and we get a full picture of the faith. Now, we understand that we are no longer those who are of working for righteousness or working towards our own self-righteousness by the works of the law. Salvation is by grace through faith, lest any man should boast. It is all done by the sacrificial shed blood of the Messiah. But in order for that sacrificial shed blood to fulfill something, we have to understand what it fulfills why it fulfills that, and what the pictures and patterns were. Because the book of Hebrews makes a very bold statement to us who are followers of Jesus Christ, and we often quote this statement, but I want us to understand the full grasp of what this statement is, because the enemy wages war against our thoughts, against things that come into our minds. So if we take every thought captive to Christ and the obedience to Christ and we understand what we're thinking and who Jesus is in the heavenly realms, as the book of Ephesians says, then we can wage war. Then we can go out and impact the world as we go from glory to glory to glory in the fullness, in the maturity of the faith. Listen to the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1. It says the law is a shadow of the things that are coming. They're a shadow of the good things to come, but they're not the realities themselves. For this reason, by the same sacrifices repeatedly, endlessly, year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Did you catch that? He's talking about the law the Torah being a shadow of the things that are to come and the things that were coming at that time. The law, we're going to use the word law, but this word is also uh, can also be translated as Torah. Now, the Torah is the first five books of your Bible, the first five books from Genesis, and you're going to go through those five books. That's considered the Torah, or what some will call the law. It is better translated as teachings because it also reveals who God is. The law is a picture of who God is. God is not a liar. God is not somebody who covets. 
God is, is, is not somebody who lusts after some, in other words, the picture of the law is a perfect picture of who God is. He's perfect. And Jesus is the word made flesh, the law made flesh, the Torah made flesh, according to the book of John. So we need to look at these things as if we are trying to get a perfect, clear picture of who Jesus is so that we in turn can be conformed to the proper, perfect image of Jesus Christ as well as the Holy Spirit empowers us to do these things. So I want to talk about in the Old Testament, first, before there was ever a rabbi, before there was ever a pastor, before there ever was the word preacher, there was what was called a priest. And the book of Hebrews talks about these priests and that Jesus, Yeshua, is our high priest. So I want us to dig into this. It says, first off, the original word for priest is Kohen. And that's the Hebrew word, Kohen or Kohanim. It actually begins all the way in the Torah. When Moses was given the commandments by God, the word for priest is commonly understood as somebody who was a pillar or a, a foundation of a community or somebody that was in place to represent God on earth. And that priest would only do and say and act what God instructed the individual to do. So, for example, the Hebrew word priest, Kohen, comes from the root word, which means a column a pillar, a foundational support. The Kohanim, plural, were to be the structure support of a community. They were the ones that represented the people before God. Now, here's the thing. As a follower of Yeshua, Jesus is the one who represents, who intercedes for us before the Father in heaven. Now, because of that, he is a fulfillment of the shadow that was in the temple of those who actually put themselves in that position where God called them to be in that position in order to represent the people with sacrifices and offerings in the temple. Now here's what Jesus calls us. Yeshua calls us this in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 5 and verse 6. And he says to the believers, to you and I, he says this, he says, listen, to him who loves us, And has freed us from our sins by his blood, has made us to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God and Father to him be the glory and power for others. So in other words, Jesus is actually making us into priests. Did you know that? So he's calling us to be foundational stones. Peter calls us living stones, markers of what God has done. We represent him on earth as what the scriptures call an ambassador for Christ. So listen to the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, verse 23 to chapter 8, verse 6. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. Because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. In other words, the priests were put in place. They represented the people. But they would die. And when they died, somebody else would take their place. And you never knew if this individual who took his place was going to be a righteous man, who was going to follow the ways of God. You never knew whether or not his sacrifice would be accepted before God. So there was always this concern, but the book of Hebrews is telling us that because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. It says, such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, 
blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sacrifices and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For the Torah appoints as high priests men in all their weaknesses, but the oath which came after the Torah appointed the Son who has been made perfect forever. Now the point of what we are saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by mere human beings. Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices, and so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest, for there are already priests who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. They serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and a shadow of what is in heaven. Listen to this. The temple that was built on earth is a copy and a shadow of what is still and is in heaven. It says this is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle. Quote, see to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But in the fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one since the new covenant is established on a better promise. In other words, Jesus himself is a mediator. He is offering the perfect unblemished sacrifice in the temple. He himself fulfilled the shadow of this. And it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, Yeshua, Hamashiach, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our own weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us therefore approach God's throne of grace, the mercy seat, with confidence in the Holy of Holies, so that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Wow. So what is he talking about here? Why is it so important for Jesus to be able to take his blood into the Holy of Holies, why is it so important for Jesus to be high priest? And why is it so important for us to understand Jesus as our high priest? In order for us to understand that, we must first understand Yom Kippur. We need to understand the Day of Atonement. This is the day that God actually prescribed in the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, where he makes this statement, the Lord said to Moses, the tenth day of the seventh month is the day of atonement. Hold a sacred assembly and deny yourselves and present an offering made to the Lord by fire. Do no work on that day because it is the day of atonement. When atonement is made for you before the Lord. Now, jump to the Leviticus chapter 16 where it breaks down what this day of atonement is. This is what God says to Moses about Aaron. Now, Aaron was a picture of a high priest. Moses was a picture of a mediator. Listen to what it says in the, on the Day of Atonement, chapter 16 and verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, who died when they approached the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, 
Tell your brother Aaron not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain in front of the atonement cover on the ark or else he will die. So let's stop there for a moment. Now listen, in the temple, there was the holy place and there was the most holy place. And only the high priest could go into the most holy place before the presence of God where the Ark of the Covenant sat and the mercy seat was. This was behind the veil. And in front of the veil was the incense altar where you would offer incense. This is where... Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, offered the incense when the angel appeared to him. He wasn't in the Holy of Holies. He wasn't offering the Yom Kippur offering. He was offering the incense before God in front of the veil. Now, we know that when Jesus came, when Jesus died on the cross, it says that the veil was torn. Now, here's the important thing for you to understand is that only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies and that only once a year to offer sacrifices. In other words, it was only the job of the high priest to go before God once a year to make atonement for the people. No one could approach God without being the high priest in the Holy of Holies at the mercy seat. They couldn't obtain the mercy seat. They couldn't go before God. Only the high priest could do this. And if the high priest was a wicked man and he went into the Holy of Holies, he would die. And this individual was supposed to represent the people. And when he offered this sacrifice, according to Leviticus chapter 16, he would make atonement for Israel. And either that atonement sacrifice was accepted and the atonement was made for the sins of Israel that year during the day of Yom Kippur, or else the atonement sacrifice was denied and the people still were in their sins. This was a devastating moment. This was a nail-biting moment for the Jewish people every single year because they didn't know. And if the man died, they were still in their sins and they couldn't become, they couldn't come before God. Their sins weren't forgiven. And because of such, you would walk around and you would never know when the high priest was going to be accepted by God or not, or if your sins were atoned for. This was something that was, was, could be so stressful in their day. And it says that in Leviticus chapter 16, Aaron, verse 6, Aaron is to offer a bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and for his own household. In other words, the priest had to offer sacrifices not only for the others, but also for himself, because he was a sinner as well. So if he didn't offer his own sacrifices for his own sins, if he didn't wash, if he wasn't cleansed, in other words, if he didn't go through the ritual washings that had to take place before he went into the temple, if his garments weren't the proper garments, if he didn't do everything according perfectly, 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 then the the, the atonement offering wasn't made. And you were still in your sins. And this happened year after year after year. And then in Leviticus chapter 16, verse 20, it says this. Not only did Aaron have to make atonement for the people, not only did he have to cleanse his own sin, not only did he have to cleanse the people's sin, but listen to what verse 20 says. When Aaron had finished making atonement for the most holy place, the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall bring forward the live goat. He is to lay both hands on the head of the goat and confess his sins over it for the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites and all their sins and put them on the goat's head. 
So here's the deal. Not only did he have to make atonement for the people, not only did he have to make atonement for himself, but he also had to cleanse the temple because the temple itself needed to be cleansed year after year after year with blood. And it was always with blood. And then he would take that blood and he would bring it into the Holy of Holies and he would sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies as an atonement for the people. For without the shed blood, there is no remission of sins. But again, nobody knew if the atonement was going to be accepted. This is called Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Even the Kohathites, it says, even the Kohathites, the Kohathites in Numbers chapter 3 and Numbers chapter 4 were the ones that were in charge of taking care of the temple and moving the temple and doing these different things with the temple. It says that Aaron was told to cover the holy place, to cover the holy things, because even if a non-high priest looked upon these things and said that they would die. Now, Jesus goes before us in the Holy of Holies. Listen to what the book of Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 and 20 says. We have this hope as an anchor for our souls, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the veil, the curtain, wherefore our forerunner, Yeshua, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, 14 and 16 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into the heaven, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus Christ as our high priest, brothers and sisters. You see, Jesus, when he goes into the Holy of Holies, it says in the book of Hebrews that he went in and he actually cleansed the temple in heaven. Because Satan, the adversary, when he sinned, he brought that sin into the temple in heaven. And it needed to be atoned for, and it could only be atoned for by the perfect sacrifice of the perfect shed blood of the Lamb. And now that we have a high priest who lives forever, and now that he made sacrifices once for all, and now that because Jesus Christ is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and he sits on the majesty enthroned on high with our Father in heaven, and because he is our mediator just as Moses was the mediator, and because he himself is the one who does not die, but because he was raised from the dead and he lives forever and he's a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek there is no more need for sacrifices of sins therefore when you come before God brothers and sisters therefore when the enemy brings an accusation before you brothers and sisters therefore when somebody comes and tries to accuse you the accuser of the brethren being Satan when he tries to come before you you say no you listen to me because the Holy Spirit living inside of me is a deposit of the fact that Jesus Christ is my high High priest, and because he's my high priest, he has already offered the sacrifices for my sins, and you cannot come before me, and you cannot tell me that I am a sinner when the Holy Spirit and the New Testament writers tell me, and whenever they wrote to them, they said, to the saints, not to the sinners. I am a priest, and I am one who lives in the kingdom of God because Jesus Christ 
rent open the veil. He gave me access to the Holy of Holies that I may receive mercy, that I may go before my God. And when I sin, when I fall short, when I do something that is against his will, I can boldly come before the throne of grace. I can receive mercy from my father. I can pick up where I left off and I can be who God calls me to be. And I am being conformed to the most faithful high priest, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen and amen. So Jesus is our high priest. We do not have to be concerned, brothers and sisters, whether or not as a follower of Jesus Christ, we are accepted by God. We don't have to wait year after year to see if the high priest is going to do his job and whether or not our Father in heaven is going to accept the sacrifice because we have a faithful high priest, Jesus Christ. Now you might say, well, Jesus dying as my high priest, what does that have to do with anything regarding atonement or regarding sacrifice? Well, listen to this. Uh, on the the atoning death of the righteous. Well, you might say to yourself, well, you know, God doesn't accept human sacrifice. It's an abomination, according to the Old Testament. Yes, human sacrifice is an abomination. However, there's what's called in Judaism, the atoning death of the righteous. This is found all the way back in the book of Numbers in the Torah. Listen to this. Numbers chapter 35, verse 9, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you cross over to the Jordan, into the land of Canaan, select some towns to be a city of refuge, to which a person who has killed somebody accidentally may flee. Those cities will be a place of refuge from the avenger of blood, so that anyone accused of murder may not die before they stand trial before the assembly. And jump down to verse 28 in Numbers 35. The accuser must stay in the city of refuge until the death of the high priest. Only after the death of the high priest may they return to their own property. In other words, if somebody sins, if somebody kills somebody, if somebody has blood on their hands, they could go to a place called a city of refuge until the death of the high priest. Once the high priest died, that individual was released from the blood guilt, and he was allowed to become an active member of the community again. Man, I got to say that again. When the high priest died, those with blood and sin on their hands, brothers and sisters, were released to go back into the kingdom of Israel and become an active member in the kingdom. You are called as a follower of Jesus Christ, who is your high priest, to be an active member of the kingdom of heaven. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 52. Therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of the storeroom new treasures as well as the old. In other words, what we're saying here, brothers and sisters, is that you have a new treasure. The new treasure is, is that you, beget to, you get to become, through the atoning death of Jesus Christ on the cross, you get to become an active member in the kingdom of God. That means that you have been blessed with all supernatural blessings in the heavenly realms, according to the book of Ephesians, and that you actively partake of the kingdom of righteousness and not the kingdom of darkness, and you're being conformed to the image of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ. Therefore, when the adversary, the enemy, or anybody who comes to you and tries to point at you and say that you are a sinner, 
The Father in heaven is looking at you and saying, No, I paid for them. The high priest atoned for them. They're already out of the city of refuge. They're already into the kingdom. And because I brought them into the kingdom, I'm conforming them to an image. And you have no right over my people. And we are now the children of God. I am just blown away by God's love and his mercy and his compassion for us. Do you realize the high priest is so important? Do you realize that Jesus, as our high priest and as our mediator, we always have a mediator before the Father? You can always go before the mediator. He always is sitting there interceding on our behalf. He loves us, and he wants us to be near to him. Draw near to me, says the Lord, and I will draw near to you. Come to me, all ye who are weary and burdened and heavy laden. And Jesus said, what? I will give you rest. Why? Because he already is that rest. Brothers and sisters, be strengthened and encouraged today, knowing that you have a mediator who is constantly interceding on your behalf. Will you go before him right now and say, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, my high priest, I thank you so much for the throne of grace that you've given me access to. Holy Spirit, we love you today. Thank you for this revelation. Thank you that we can walk around with a, with a spirit indwelling in us that brings us into all truth so that we can look upon the one whom is the author and perfecter of our faith. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast of Strength for the Hour. Our hope is that you have received rest, revelation, edification, sanctification, and truth. To learn more about this ministry and to be further strengthened in your faith, you can visit us at our website, www.fruitofthevine.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. There you'll find a link to our Facebook and YouTube. If you'd like to send us a letter, please write to... Fruit of the Vine Ministries, P.O. Box 222, Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And for a final word of encouragement, here again is John Davison. Thanks, Alex. You know, God anointed the New Testament writers, and the Holy Spirit spoke through them, and says this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And Jesus says this in the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, listen, I know your deeds. See, I place before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength. Yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters, that the word of God was able to penetrate into our hearts today and that the Lord gave us strength through his message as he spoke the word through his word by his Holy Spirit to you where you're at in your home and in your atmosphere. So I just thank you so much for taking your time and listening to the word of God with us today. We hope that you've been blessed, encouraged, and strengthened by the word of God. So thank you so much. God bless you and keep you in his perfect peace. In Jesus' mighty name, shalom.